Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth as we continue to work our way through a long prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 4, a prophecy about the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. And this prophecy is taking place years before it actually happens, which in in and of itself is, is really a mercy of the Lord. God's proclamations of judgment should themselves be symbols of his mercy. If God proclaims something and then the fulfillment of that proclamation doesn't take place for years to come, then in that intervening time, there's always an opportunity for people to unilaterally repent. I see a great example of that a couple generations before Jeremiah's life, a couple hundred years, I should say, and that was in the prophecy of Jonah. Remember, God called Jonah to proclaim judgment against Nineveh, not to say or else. There was no or else in Jonah's proclamation of judgment. There was just a proclamation of judgment. And yet in that 40 days, that time span that Jonah had proclaimed, the people of Nineveh did indeed repent and God did indeed relent and forgive them. And that's what Jonah had anticipated and why he didn't want to go because he hated those people. The point is this, that we look at judgment and judgment passages and dark passages like these as somehow reflecting that God himself is angry at us and there's no hope and God is predisposed to be negative and nothing could be farther from the truth. Now, remember the context here is God loves his people. He's put up with them for many, many years. They've disregarded him. They've disregarded uh, the examples he's provided for them. He's disregarded, uh, they've disregarded his love. They've disregarded uh, the words of the prophets and they shall even disregard the pronouncement of judgment. If anything should have arrested their attention, it should have been a proclamation of judgment. I mean, these are weighty words, and yet they still are not going to turn to the Lord. Look at verse number 16, Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse number 16, make ye mention to the nations. So this destruction of Jerusalem is going to be international news. This is going to make the international headlines. Remember, Jeremiah, in his commission back in chapter 1, was commissioned not only to be a prophet to Judah, but a prophet to the nations. God wants the nations of the world to know how he's handling this. And I think there's a, a reason for that in that God's purpose for his people is that they would reflect his glory to the nations of the world that through Judah, the world would see the glory of of God and would come worship him. 
that the temple would be a place of prayer for all nations. But because God's people have reneged on their purpose, because God's people are not obeying the Lord and therefore not a good reflection of the glory of God to an onlooking world, then God said, I'm going to use you as an example to the world. So either way, Israel is going to be God's tool to show the world something about himself. So here in verse number 16, make ye mention to the nations, behold, publish against Jerusalem. Here's what the nations are going to know, that God has decided to judge Jerusalem for her sin, for her backsliding, for her continued refusal to get right. Publish against Jerusalem that watchers come from a far country. The watchers here refer to the enemies of God, the the Babylonians in that specific situation, that watchers come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. As keepers of a field, so this is an illustration about how much control God is going to allow these foreign entities to have in their attack on, their besieging of Jerusalem. So it says in verse number 17, as keepers of a field, are they against their are, are they against her round about? Because she hath been rebellious against me, saith the Lord. So everybody back in those days would understand agricultural illustrations. And a keeper of the field would be those that were guarding the crops, those that were in watchtowers in the fields, that were surrounding a field, or in the sense of sheep, keepers would be those that would build little booths out in the wilderness and surround their flock to protect them, uh, to be in total control of them. So the idea is the keeper is the one that's in control. The keeper is the one that is roundabout, has surrounded that which it owns. And in that sense, God said, that's the way Babylon will be to you, Jerusalem. It'll be as if you are surrounded by them. They are the ones in control. They are the ones that can do what they want. And you will be totally at their mercy. Wow, what an illustration. Verse number 18, thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. What a statement. Thy way, way refers to your road, how you're walking, the decisions you're making, the direction you're headed. Thy way and thy doings. That refers to your actions. So what God is saying here is your choices, your direction, your actions, thy way, thy doings have procured these things unto thee. So the the natural protestation from the people of God would be, why are all these bad things happening to us? Why are we being besieged by this wicked nation? Why does it seem as if we've lost control? Why are we being judged? And God's answer to them is, because you've brought this on yourself. You've chosen this direction. You've chosen to do these things. And now your direction and your actions have consequences. And that's just axiomatic to life, that choices have consequences. 
and you are now going to bear the consequences of your own bad choices. So thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. This is thy wickedness because it is bitter, because it reaches into thine heart. Wow. So this punishment for the Lord is going to have deeply bitter results in the hearts and lives of God's people. It's going to cut them right to the the heart itself. It's going to be painful when they realize that they deserve this, that they've asked for this, that this could have been avoided. And that is a very bitter pill to swallow. When people face the judgment of God, they face the reprimands of God's word and realize it didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to taste like this. It didn't have to hurt so bad. And yet that's exactly what God's word is saying. Verse number 19, I think is the response of Jeremiah again. Remember, Jeremiah is receiving these messages in real time. These are difficult messages, not just to speak because no one wants to hear them, but to say. I mean, imagine if you were tasked with giving strong messages like these in which people are going to die. Uh, Places you love are going to be destroyed. And you're having to say, hey, this is going to happen. I heard this from God. I mean, that is a very hard thing both to say and to realize. And Jeremiah just bursts out with his passion and his sadness about the message that he himself is preaching. Verse number 19, my bowels, my bowels. So I know that to you and I, uh, the word bowels today, you know, d- doesn't necessarily have a, a, a good um, connotation. But really what he's saying is my innermost being, like my soul. Oh, my soul. Sometimes we even use that language today. Um, They're from the very inside of me. This is a, a heartfelt, inner angst. My bowels, my bowels. I am pained at my very heart. And the word pain here refers to like an intestinal distress. Like I have this, this, this stomach ache, or, uh, this heart ache, we would say today. I am sad from the very inside. This is affecting me. Uh, My bowels, my bowels. uh, I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. You know, have you ever been so grieved that you just ached at the very heart level and almost groaned like, oh, that's what Jeremiah is experiencing here. I cannot hold my peace. Because thou hast heard, O my soul. Look, he's speaking to himself. Thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war, destruction upon destruction is cried. The whole land is spoiled. Spoiled in the sense that things are stolen. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. So Jeremiah said, how can I not be in pain? How can I not groan when I can see through the prophetic lens what's going to happen to the land that I love? 
of the people that I preach to, I'm going, I'm seeing through this prophetic lens, this horrible, slow moving freight train that's going to crash and nothing can be done about it. It's so avoidable. If God's people would simply repent, they would simply listen to God. How very, very sad. And that's what sin does. Sin brings destruction, sin brings death, sin brings sorrow, and even innocent people, even the righteous, like Jeremiah, suffer as a result. So we'll stop there in verse number 20 and jump into the latter part of this message as we make our way through the passage. Hope you'll join us back next time as we look at verses 21 and following. Hope you're having a great day. Have a great day in the Lord, and we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.